0: John Muir's show, it is 10.35 a.m., and uh, one more comment to make on uh, the last text that we had had in the last half hour there, where it was talking about yesterday's town hall with President Trump and Sean Hannity, saying that there was nothing uh, objective or journalistic about it. Look, as this show is noted, which obviously, I mean, full disclosure, we we are an opinion program, but... This show does not see any problem with any opinion program operating, whether it's one that's conservative, whether it's one that's liberal, whether it's somewhere in between. Uh, This show consistently says, look, with something like MSNBC, this show disagrees with the overwhelming majority of what it is that someone like a a, a Rachel Maddow or a Chris Hayes has to say. But hey, they tell you, look, this is an opinion program. Uh, we're, we're here to give you our opinion on what's taking place. I, I don't agree with a lot of their opinions. I'm sure a lot of you don't agree with a lot of their opinions. But hey, they're, they're honest with people. That's fine. In the case of something like a CNN, there they pretend that, oh, <laughs> Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper, totally objective journalists. No, they're not. Just stop lying and it'd be fine. But that's why CNN's ratings suck, even compared to MSNBC, let alone Fox News, is because they lie to people. They, they pretend that it's objective when clearly it's not. It's actually probably further to the left than MSNBC is. At least on a lot of matters. So, you know, with programs like this, yes, we give you our opinion, but what you should be able to appreciate, even if you don't like the opinions that are shared on this program, is that the stuff is factual. We do stick to the facts. Get my take and a lot of listeners' takes and guests' takes on it as well, but what this show presents to you it is factual so I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that would like to disprove the stuff we say but they're unable to do so because again it's factual all right uh, now we're going to go ahead and head to the phone lines glad to be joined by a good friend of the program sixth district congressman from here in the state of wisconsin glenn Grothman. congressman how you doing today
1: Well, glad to be on the show. I'm still in Washington. Uh, Earlier this morning, we had a debate on making the District of Columbia a state. In about an hour, I will vote on that bill, and then I'll be heading back to the 6th Congressional District for the weekend.
0: Uh, Real quick, before we get to what I wanted to discuss, if the Democrat Party didn't think they could get an extra two U.S. senators out of making Washington, D.C. a state, do you think they'd be interested in doing it?
1: Well, of course not. And just so your listeners understand, it is ridiculous that the District of Columbia would be a state. The District of Columbia was created um, in the U.S. Constitution. Um, Nobody at the time thought it would get two U.S. senators. As a matter of fact, the idea of having a separate district was so it wouldn't be part of any individual state. Um, It is a very unusual area. You have as far as I know, no or virtually no manufacturing, no agriculture, no mining, no logging. Uh, it exists entirely on either government or if not on government, it exists on tourism connected to people seeing uh, government uh, buildings. Mm-hmm. So the idea that it's a state is ridiculous. The reason people want it to be a state, of course, is because it is such a government town it will always be two votes for the Democrat Party in the U.S. Senate. Uh, it will not pass this year. It would scare me. A year from now, it could pass.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, depending how the election goes this fall, obviously, if uh, if Washington D.C. went 95% for Trump instead of 95% for Hillary in the last election, uh, Democrats would not be on board with this proposal.
1: Guaranteed. No, and, and your and your listeners are right. Donald Trump got about five percent of the vote in the District of Columbia. I can't think of anywhere that he did worse than that. Uh, I mean, it's just almost unbelievable what an unusual city I work in.
0: Yeah, if if Washington, D.C. doesn't like you, you're probably doing a good job for much of the rest of the United States. I I I do want to ask you, so uh, you are talking about the the debate you were having this morning. Uh, Yesterday, there was a different debate going on. Uh, The Democrat-led House that you, of course, served in passed... Capitol Hill Democrats' police reform bill by a largely partisan vote, uh, Democrats voting yes, Republicans largely voting no. Uh, During the debate on the measure, uh, you made comments that have since made headlines in the fake news media, uh, specifically with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, You had accurately noted that much of the left's framing of this whole conversation is aimed at, quote, making white people feel guilty, end quote, and quote, enraging black people, end quote. Uh, Now, it's obvious that Democrat elites are, are trying to start a race war in an election year, not caring how wrong it is, not caring how detrimental it is to the country. They're doing it strictly because they believe that this will benefit them personally come November 3rd. So, for what you said yesterday, thank you, Congressman, for saying what you did. Uh, somebody in the Congress need to say it, and, I, and I'm glad you were willing to well, do so. Well, are you surprised well, right. with the reaction that uh, you got? This is,
1: the, this is the situation. There are bad policemen, and there are policemen who make innocent mistakes. But obviously, mm-hmm. uh, people sometimes die uh, with a confrontation with the police. Actually, it's gone down considerably the past three years, but people do die. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, more white people die than black people. We had a, in confrontations with police, not surprising because there are a lot more white people in the country, uh, but even when you would just say adjusted for the number of violent crimes committed, uh, actually um, percentage-wise it's a little more likely that white people will die in a confrontation with police. However, when this bill is being discussed, they forget about the white people who die uh, in a confrontation with police. And the reason they do that is, is they want to frame America as a racist society, and they want to frame police departments as racist, which is just plain wrong. We had one of my Democrat colleagues on the floor yesterday rattle off 18 or 19, seemed about that many, um, black people who had died because of police. She mentioned no white people, even though more white people are likely to die. Why did she not do that? It's because she wanted to encourage this idea that we live in a horrible, racist society. And nobody ever fights back and points out, hey, wait a minute, a lot of white people die too. In Mequon, Wisconsin, and I grew up near there, about 12 years ago, there was a white guy who died in police custody. There was a tape, not a, a visual tape, but a, a, a um a tape of the sound and they had put some on audio. They put something over his head and he was screaming, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And the policeman callously said, if you can't, if you, if you can talk, you can breathe. So they got the guy out of the squad car, you know, half hour later or something, he was dead. Um, But nobody talks about that because it's outside the narrative. You know, the the mainstream media and the Democrat party today and something that's so horrible tries to racialize the problem of a few bad cops. And by doing it, they have inflamed uh, emotions horribly. You know, if the average person knew that more white people than black people die at the hands of cops, I don't think we would have had Chicago burning or Minneapolis burning. Mm -hmm. But irresponsibly, they forget about the white people who've died, make it a racial issue, And uh, hence, we have all these riots, we have people dying in the riots, and nobody calls out the people who racialize an issue that really shouldn't be racialized.
0: As we're being joined by Congressman Glenn Grothman, and I think... It's fair to say that the overwhelming majority, I don't want to say every single person, but at least the overwhelming majority of people in the United States, regardless your politics, regardless your skin color, are absolutely appalled by what happened in the George Floyd case. Because it obviously, no, no it, question. It, was, it was totally said, pointed it. that out yesterday. I
1: don't know what, you know, they say we have to call attention to it. I have yet to run into anybody who, who thinks what happened there is right and doesn't think uh, that... Um, Officer Chauvin or whatever his name is there shouldn't spend time behind bars. I mean that that is incontrovertible The question is are we going to racialize it and cause riots out of it? When you know not long ago there was a uh, actually a a black police officer who killed a a white woman in Minneapolis Or at least in the Twin Cities area. We don't talk about that. Well, and,
0: and, and why not? I know you and I agree with this, and I I think there's a hell of a lot of decent people, again, of all walks of life in the United States that would agree with this. If you have the killing of an individual, the senseless killing of an individual, whether it's at the hands of a police officer, whether it's at the hands of another just average person off the street, regardless the color of the person who's killed, black, white, brown, red, yellow... It's equally tragic because you had a human life that was senselessly taken. This is why so many of us go saying something that really should not be controversial in the slightest in saying that all lives matter. Uh, when you have a white life that's uh, senselessly taken, it's equally as uh, tragic as when you have a black life that's senselessly taken. I mean, this is essentially the point that you were trying to make on the floor of Congress yesterday. And then you have some of your colleagues giving you an immense amount of backlash. You you, you have Gwen Moore, who's a race-baiting Congresswoman from the Milwaukee area, uh, claiming that you reject the celebrating of blackness. And again, I haven't heard you say one single thing that would attack black people. I've heard from you's inclusive statements that we should care about all U.S. citizens' lives. I mean, what are your thoughts when, when you hear something like that from somebody who's such a demagogue?
1: Well, I, I mean, she is typical of, sadly, what we have in the Democrat Party today. They want to inflame Americans and talk about all this racism. And if one honestly discussed the problem of police error, uh, maybe in some cases much worse than air, One would have to include white people who are dying and black people who are dying. But when you don't point out that police kill white people too, you create anger in this country because black people understandably feel that the police are overwhelmingly racist and white people feel that police are racist and they have something to feel guilty for. So rather than doing something like pass a bill that I introduced in the state legislature making it easier to get rid of a bad policeman, we have this demagoguery. And, you know, Gwen is one of these congress congresswomen who is very quick to say racism this, racism that. And, you know, that's her kind of stock and trade. Keeps her popular. She gets reelected every two years pretty easily. Um, but if we honestly said that there are white people dying here too, um, then it wouldn't be so easy to try to tell the young people how racist America is. And it wouldn't be so easy to tell people at some time, well, racism is responsible for everything. And the mainstream media is a lot at fault here, you know, right? I mean, they have, it was a horrible thing. You know, I think if I was running a TV station, I certainly would have shown that video. but we have a horrible situation in which more common a white person dies they don't show up at the funeral you know the press doesn't show up at the funeral they don't show the grieving relatives they have created a narrative in which america is supposed to be this horrible racist society we're not a horrible racist society just like you know we've, we've moved in some other occupations made it easier to get rid of a glad teacher easier to get rid of a bad VA employee, we should make it easier to get rid of a bad policeman. But that doesn't mean we have a horrible racist society. And when people do say we have a horrible racist society, it results in the riots in Minneapolis, the riots in Chicago, which to me are to a certain extent, the fault of the politicians who have been demagoguing and talking about racism all the time.
0: Yes, you're absolutely right. As we're being joined by Congressman Glenn Grothman, I've got to ask you, have any of your Democrat colleagues given any sort of a coherent explanation as to why it's bad to say that all lives matter and we should care for black people and white people equally? Or have any of your colleagues acknowledge that they're doing the very thing they claim to oppose when they talk about police? They say collective judgment's bad. We can't collectively judge people. Uh, based on, for example, the color of their skin. But here, so many of these Democrats go collectively judging people based on the field that they're oh. in and assuming that all cops are bad when the overwhelming majority of them are good. Do any of these Democrats acknowledge but, these things to you?
1: Um, they might give perfunctory comments, but the police hatred by the Democrat Party in Congress yesterday was scary. You know, the, uh, the social compact, our safety relies on respect for police. And I always like the police. I'm looking to do a police ride a, ride along sometime the next week down by the Oshkosh or Fonulek area. And, and I think the world of the police, I've been supportive of the police. It, it would be interesting for your listeners to hear the debate yesterday. And I can only describe it as almost a hatred of police that uh, came out from the Democrat Party saying that police were racist again and again and again. I feel so sorry for the police today, and we haven't talked about what was in the bill. The bill would have made it easier easy to sue police. If they tackled somebody in in making an arrest or had to physically restrain somebody. I mean, can you imagine how ineffective the police would be if every time they grabbed hold of somebody, they could be sued? But that was what the bill on the floor would have done yesterday. The anti-police hysteria that was whipped up on the floor of the U.S. Congress yesterday was scary. Yeah. I
0: I mean, from everything I heard, it sounded like, and you were there for 100 percent of it, I— I mean, that's the thing. We we discussed this Democrat proposal on the program a week Ah. or so ago whenever they first uh, rolled it out, and we noted there were some positive aspects to the proposal, absolutely, but the problem is it went way too far, and it got to the point where it was abundantly clear that if that were to pass and that were to become the law in the United States— that all of the good officers who are trying to do their jobs appropriately to keep our community safe would be to the point where their hands would be so tied or they'd be so scared to do their jobs appropriately out of fear that somehow it would be twisted into a lawsuit against them that good cops wouldn't even be able to do their jobs that are necessary to keep our community safe. And it doesn't seem that the Democrats in your Congress care about that one bit.
1: Oh, no, no. You know, the Republicans say, oh, the Democrats are trying to get rid of police think They're going to get rid of police departments. But what they will do is they will change the rules such that the police will be afraid to arrest somebody. The police will be afraid to restrain somebody. Mm-hmm. The police will be afraid to hand, uh, to handcuff somebody. That's what that bill will do. And, uh, you know, I don't know who would want to be a policeman if that bill would pass. No, that exactly. bill is not going to pass now because Donald Trump is president. But in next January and next February, could that bill pass? Absolutely. We could wind up this time next year in an America in which the police are afraid to handicam, uh, uh, handcuff somebody. The police are afraid to tackle somebody because they're going to get sued. So uh, we're, we're, it's a very scary situation for the United States right now. And the people should be aware that this bill was voted yes, yes. By every single Democrat in Congress, I was hoping a few Democrats would have the guts to stand up and say no, but they didn't. Every Democrat voted yesterday to hamstring the police and make it easy to sue a policeman. And even if a policeman's in the right, who wants to get sued?
0: Well, yeah, like you said, right. no, one, no one's going to want to be a police officer anymore if this is, you know, the extent they're taking it to. And, yeah, some Democrats want to tie the hands of police to the point where they can't effectively do their jobs as good cops like, you know, your colleagues were trying to do yesterday. Yeah. And then some of them in places like Minneapolis, they're just outright getting rid of the police departments, which is even more terrifying what, the, what those Democrats are doing. Uh, we only have, a, you know, like a min or so left here, Congressman. Uh, but I want to ask you – for what the Democrat Party is doing in this election, year, trying to, to start these race wars that are so detrimental here in the United States. Oh. Uh, what do you think that says about their confidence in their own platform if they have to resort to trying to start race wars?
1: Oh, it, it's it's a little bit unusual. You know, we have so many problems in America. We have a health care problem. Uh, which has to be addressed. We have the corona- coronavirus problem that has to be addressed. We have the student debt load problem that has to be addressed. But when you listen to Congress, and again, the agenda is set by the Democrat Party, they spend all the time talking about slavery. I and mean, I, if, I if you would have told me when I ran for this job, in the year 2020, uh, the elections would uh, come down to the Democrats talking about how we have to do more uh, because of slavery, I would have said what in the world, you know, uh, that was some, kind of a long time ago. Um, but but that is what the debate is about in Congress right now. And, of course, the reason is, is they want to scare black people and they want to get 95 percent of the black vote for Democrat. Uh, that That is the goal. And it's it's a shame that when we should be talking about health care and should be talking about student loan debt, you turn on the TV and instead we're talking about slavery. But that's really what's going on. Hard to believe. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, it's abundantly clear that in in recent years, the Democrat Party has not had a coherent policy-based platform. It cost them mightily in 2016, and they've done nothing to change it since for the better. And now, as a result, instead of spending recent months changing their platform, they're just trying to stoke anger and hatred in this country, which is incredibly pathetic and should not be tolerated. Unfortunately, we're out of time, Congressman, but thank you so much for your terrific insight and the great work that you're doing fighting for common sense in Washington, D.C. Have the best of weekends. Look forward to catching up with you soon again.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. It's 10.55. This is the John Muir Show.